Hi, I'm Trinity Wheeler. And I'm Alan Shaw. And this is Rhapsody Radio. We are back. We're back. I'm here with Mary Beth Henderson and Alan Shaw. Hello, you are back as well. You weren't here last episode. I know, I had the flu. Yeah, the kids were out to Gross. play. I it know. was it was bad. It yeah, was he told bad, me actually bad. not to talk about it. He was like, "Do not talk about it on the podcast." <laughs> I did not feel like yeah. I wanted people to know I had the flu because I yeah. did not feel well at the time. But I'm yeah. over it. We missed you. Hey, you know it happens. <laughs> um, I think we had a lot of fun. I don't. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard the episode yet, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so when we were down in Argentina, we uh, rented scooters the whole time to get around these lime like the scooters. Li- lime scooters. Yeah, I don't know if you, like Nashville has them. A few different. Cities well, they have. tried to get them here in Charleston, and then they were here for I think a week, and then they banned them. Yeah, it so. didn't last long. I saw them like being yeah. loaded on the back of pickup trucks here. Yeah, but um, Alan wanted one, and so I found this Unagi scooter, <laughs> which is like this really nice version of them. So I got That's it for I got it for Christmas. Yeah, but it it just arrived. It just it was arrived. Like back ordered. And he's scooting everywhere now. It's I ridiculous. Oh I, uh, that shit can go like 25 miles an hour. It's so fast. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like <laughs> living on the edge. It's sort of, it's really. I, I love that the edge for you is 25 thank miles you, an hour. <laughs> thank you very much. That says yeah. a lot about you as a person. At first, when I got on the, on the Unagi scooter, um, this is not a plug. I'm just saying you, if you want a scooter, it's, they're called Unagis. Um, I would I would get on the scooter and I would look like I'd go by windows to see what I looked like. I was like, <laughs> do I look like a douchebag? Do I? And, I and I'm like, okay, he, I look cool. He okay. kept saying, he says, do yeah. I look okay? Do I look okay on this? And yeah. I'm like, well, you kind of look a little crazy. Yeah, it's okay. I'm but fine it, with Because that. it goes so fast. You know, if it kind of went like slow, you'd be like, oh, he's on a scooter. But this thing is like zoom. Yeah, literally 25 miles an hour. Yeah, it's great. That's now I'm gonna. Exciting. Now I'm when people go you. on runs at the gym, I'm gonna get Ooh. on my scooter and I'm gonna follow along so they don't stop. That's uh, what my as my a goal member, is. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and In. and put the kibosh on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard pass for me. But also, Trinity uh, Phantom is closing. It this is week. Yeah. so today's a little bittersweet because in 2013 I was given the opportunity to be the production supervisor on the Phantom of the Opera national tour. Yeah, the spectacular new. There's two Phantoms, right? There's the brilliant original, which is the one like we all grew up with as kids. Yes, and then the spectacular new, which started in North America in 2013. Yeah. And today, after 2,455 performances, it's closing in Toronto. Wow. Oh yeah. There's a really great what theater in Toronto. I think they're at the Princess of Wales. Princess I'm not sure. I don't don't, don't quote me on that, but I think yeah. so. There's this really great video I put on Instagram today. We were testing the journey to the lair back in 2013, and I was playing Christine. I remember this. And one of my <laughs> colleagues is playing the Phantom, and it's really cool. You should watch that on Instagram. Every show that he does, he always plays the lead roles, but only the women's roles. It's wonderful. Like you played Fontaine and Les Mis. Yeah, so like, yeah. I've been with Les Mis since like 2010, and so every Valjean that I've done the show with, I have a photo of me in the bed playing Fontaine, you know, like ailing Fontaine. Team dying in the bed, <laughs> and Jean Valjean sitting there. It really so stole my anyways, heart. Anyways, huge shout out to everyone. There's like 15 people that have been with the show since 2013. Really, they stayed with it the entire time. Wow, amazing. it's amazing. And they played like 130 something engagements, mm-hmm. um, multiple weeks in every city. So that's pretty cool. So that's very cool. Pretty awesome out there to the fans. I love group. that show. It's amazing. You know, defined like it's defined a generation, and it like really it's did. part of my childhood. Like Les Mis Phantom to get to work on both those pretty amazing. Yeah, don't forget cats though. Cats. <laughs> <laughs> will we ever? Uh, will we I ever? don't think. Yeah. We will yeah. never. 
<laughs> so look, I'm really excited about today's episode because James London is here. He is the chef and owner of Chubby Fish in and Charleston. And also my favorite restaurant in Charleston. Hands down my favorite Hands restaurant in Charleston. Yeah. So we'll be back with James. James, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here on Rhapsody Radio. How are you? Wonderful. Yeah. I'm, I am so excited because when... Trinity and I were coming up with guests to have on the show. You were my first choice because we had met a couple times when we had gone into Chubby Fish um, and just your story, uh, your past from where you've come to um, to now with Chubby Fish is is pretty cool. So uh, I want to dive right in. So um, who are you? Coming in hot. Oh, right. <laughs> um, I mean, you started here in Charleston, right? You went to yeah, college absolutely. at Charleston. Hospitality. Oh, what year? What year did you graduate? Uh, I graduated in 07. Okay. I'm um, 2010. Okay. Yeah. Um, Good crowd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun years at, fun years at CFC. That's right. Um, but yeah, so I, I was born here in Charleston and then moved up to Clemson, South Carolina. Mm. Um, and came back down here for college um, at CFC. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, went up to New York and San Francisco, and then uh, came back to Charleston. Wow. The, I mean, the goal all along was come back to Charleston and do a restaurant. And do a restaurant. Because you did the French Culinary Institute. Mm-hmm. And then you went to think, what, what, what restaurants in New York City you were? Um, so uh, I was the chef at a little Japanese spot in Soho uh, called Nico. Uh-huh. Um, and that was over on Mercer and Houston. Um, and then from... There, um, I consulted up in Montauk uh, on a restaurant, and then was uh, then the hotel chef um, at a place called uh, Hotel in Rivington, mm-hmm. down in the Lower East Side, and uh, that was an, a hell of an operation. Um, yeah, sure, <laughs> it was two restaurants and wow, two private event spaces and room service, and you know, I did that for you know, three and a half years and burnt myself out and, you know, was full-on clipboard chef and, right. yeah. um, you know, got that underneath my belt and then I woke up one day and was like, we got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd done my time in New York and wanted to see the West Coast, so we went to San Francisco. Nice. And um, we're out there, we were out there for probably four years um, before coming back to Charleston. So the goal was always to get back to Charleston oh, yeah. in the food scene. So what what sort of inspired the idea of Chubby Fish, and what what did you take from all the different places you had worked at to put together for what you wanted to create here? Um, so New York was great for me because it, it you know kind of kicked my teeth in you mm-hmm. know and gave me it my has chops. that effect <laughs> me too yeah. character building yeah we, yeah we have that in yeah. common yes, right. yeah. you start walking a little faster you start talking a little faster um and um but you know new york was amazing for me um in it you know in terms of opening up my palate and you know kind of picking up my flavor profiles um and then from there san francisco um san francisco they had this kind of like um, you know, every little port city in San Francisco had this dock to table seafood spot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, from San Diego, um, Sausalito, For sure. um, you know, LA, um, they all had these little like dock to table seafood spots. And I was thinking to myself as we would go to these places, um, 
this could translate so well to the East Coast. Right. And, you know, then I started, you know, doing, thinking about it and thinking of just the sheer diversity of species we have here um, in Charleston. Um, and we're kind of, we're very fortunate in that we get all the South Atlantic seafood mm-hmm. and we get all the Mid-Atlantic seafood. Yeah. And so we have this, like, convergence of all these different species um, that, you know, only happens right here in, in Charleston. That's and cool. um, so I was thinking, that, you know, like, dock-to-table seafood, chalkboard menu, change every day, mm-hmm. and really just work with my um, amazing fishermen and just get in with them and you guys just bring me whatever you have and and we'll we'll use that as as the catalyst for our menu you know i i um what really draws me to just you as uh i'm gonna call you an artist because that's really (laughs) what every dish is right there you know if you if you get the chance to come now to Charleston and like chubby fish needs to be your very first restaurant that you go to. Um, but every dish that you have brought to the table, um, is an experience. Right. Um, and I always like to ask because I am not a cook. Uh, like I'm, I can't even cook eggs. Um, and I always wonder about where did it begin? Like where did, where did that spark of creation come from? Where, where's that? Where's, where did that originate? Um, my mom was a, or is a phenomenal cook. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a lot of my childhood memories, you know, when I go back and, like, I really start thinking about childhood memories, um, it's all centered around food. Mm-hmm. It's all, you know, it's all, oh, that's what my mom, what, that's what my mom made for Christmas. And um, that's where we went and ate that. And, mm-hmm. you know, those are the things that, like, really stick out in my head. Um, and growing up, um, you know, before I really committed to cooking, um, I played drums and so, you know, I would do jazz drums and funk and, um, you know, that's, that's what my path was going to be in life. Mm -hmm. And, um, then, you know, was started taking cooking more seriously, uh, as time went along and, uh. Then it became, you know, I can kind of incorporate, you know, some of this like improv and stuff that I was doing on drums mm-hmm. into food. And so that really, you know, became like, wow, you know, I can I can do something with this. Yeah. This is fun. That's cool. I mean, because being a chef's <laughs> a bit like being a conductor, right? You have all your pieces, all your parts, and you're putting it together into something really beautiful. What I love about chubby fish is that it's so like not pretentious and it's so communal when you walk in even the seating arrangement is just very communal you can sit next to people you don't even know which i think is really unique and sort of share in this menu that completely changes every day Mm -hmm. i think it's really really special when you when you started chubby fish you did a a big renovation you you took a huge i know he had some challenges along the way Mm -hmm. so a lot of times what we talk about with a lot of our business owners are like challenges that you face. So tell us a little bit about that and sort of the patience and, and determination it took to get it open. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, it was it, something totally new. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the food side of thing of things, you know, I feel like I had that down going into chubby fish, um, you know, running back of the house. Um, I feel like I had that down. 
but when it comes to you know a full-on build out yeah um, then that was that was something I'd never done before and it's not like there was tons of resources for you know figuring this out it yeah. was kind of like you just have to buckle up and and get in there and, and just see what happens because mm-hmm. what was your space before <clears throat> it was a rundown apartment uh, it was a two-bedroom apartment um that was run down um dirt floors uh no plumbing um no plumbing no plumbing oh my god so i mean it, 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 you know literally it was from scratch wow so we had to pull out all the all the wood, um, you know, strip it down to the studs and then kind of build it back from there. Wow. Um, I mean, when you see the space, it's crazy to think that because it's pretty awesome now the way that it, you, you did the, do the build out. Yeah. So, you know, in that vein of, of facing the challenge and kind of creating something from scratch, you know, from someone who's not in the food and bev scene here in Charleston, it seems like it moves at the speed of light. Like it's, really fast. It's, it's super competitive. Um, so understanding that you always had this vision of coming back to Charleston and opening a restaurant and you had a concept for it. Talk to me about how you came up with the, the idea of something that would be distinct and just the experience of chubby fish, because I, you know, my experience going to the restaurant is that the food is incredible, but so much of the fun is that communal space. And, and really when you did this, no one else was doing something like that in Charleston. So just talk to me a little bit about creating that environment and kind of facing the competitive space here in Charleston. Um, I mean, for, for me, the, thing that I wanted to do with Chubby Fish is I just wanted to create the type of place that I would want to go to if I was going out to eat. Mm. Um, and, you know, so I wanted the food to be, you know, adventurous and fun and um, ballsy. Nice. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted, you know, to be able to sit at the kitchen and watch them and watch the pride they took in, you know, preparing the food and have the cooks be able to talk to the guests. Um, yeah, I love that. I right. love that. We sit at the bar a lot just for that. Just yeah. for yeah. that. Um, and that, you know, I wanted, you know, all along when I was talking to my architects, it was like, you know, sushi restaurant, sushi restaurant. Uh-huh. Think of the sushi counter. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, kept hammering that. Um, no, there's not enough visibility between the kitchen. And so I, I really wanted people to feel like they were kind of a part of, of what's happening in the back and vice versa. I wanted the cooks to be able to see immediately what effect that dish that they just dropped on that person is having on them and to be able to like check in with them. And, you know, I felt like there was, um, you know, I felt like that would make the work environment in the back a lot better for the cooks uh, if they can really see that instant gratification um, and see the impact that that dish had on someone. That is so awesome to hear because that um, it, that it happens being a consumer, like having that experience and being able to sit at the yeah. at the counter or even not and have you are having a shared experience with the person that's actually making the food which is really awesome so having that intention behind it it's you nailed it you nailed it that's well cool. you can tell your staff too not even your chefs your cooks but your your staff knows 
everything about every dish. Mm-hmm. They, they take such pride in the food that they serve. And I think that builds, you know, when you talk about building a team and building employees, everybody has to take pride in what you're doing. It's the same thing for us in a gym. We all mm-hmm. have to believe in what we're doing together mm-hmm. to make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. But that sort of team effort, I think, is, is key to anything that's successful. You know, you've gotten a lot of accolades. You know, you're one of the best new restaurants of 2019 by Bon Appetit. I mean, it's just really incredible. So how do you stay grounded? You just, it just feels like to me you just stay true to, to what you set out to do. And how do you stay on that path of, of just really focusing in on the very basics? We talk about keeping it simple a lot in our business. Right. And so when, when you... <laughs> keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. We say that to ourselves all the time. Like, yeah. And so how do you keep keeping it simple to, to, yeah. for success? Yeah. Um, I mean, for us, it just kind of like starts with, starts with the product. And if, you know, the way that we're set up so that you know, our menu is so fluid mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of changes with whatever is coming in into those, you know, coming in the back door. And um, so, you know, I think that forces us to um, to be grounded and, you know, it's, you know, we're not planning a menu for the week ahead. You know, we're, we're planning it that day. So you, you, you go for your menu that day, depending on what comes in. Mm-hmm. So It's you, very in the moment. I mean, I very, love that. I, I love it. I love that. I think Does it stress you out? <laughs> <laughs> it, it does not, It doesn't. Okay, okay. It, 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 it actually, I think, is, it helps my stress levels. Okay, um, I like that. Because it's, it forces me to, you know, be creative and... Um, and you know the cooks, uh, with the cooks, it's the same way. Uh-huh. You know, it, with them, you know, I have a, you have to have an extremely talented group of individuals to be able to pull off something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to have people who are of a certain mindset. Where, you know, if I go over to their station at four o'clock and it's like, all right, we just got twelve trigger fish. Mm-hmm. Um, break them down and we'll do this, 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 and what do you want to do with this? And what do you want to do with the sauce? And let them just go. Um, That's so it, goes, it goes back to like the pressure is a privilege. Yeah. Right. With Mia Klein. Like yeah. we, I think we've talked about it on here before. Like she's one of the, the first winemakers in Napa, female winemakers, female winemakers in Napa and Sonoma. And she like broke the glass ceiling when it came to being a female winemaker back in the seventies. Right. Yeah. Um, and we, met her in Maui when we were getting married and she, she talked about how like the, the moment that you pick the grape is like, it is very essential because of like the humidity and the, and the, and the temperature and all that and the elevation. Um, and she's talks about how like that moment is so vital and that pressure. Um, if you rise to that occasion is a privilege, right? You're given that pressure because of the fact that you're going to make something, you could make something, um, amazing in that moment or you could let the pressure take you off and you know shut you down and so i love i love that i love that i do too yeah it's cool it. yeah. yeah so you work with abundant seafood here mm-hmm. in charleston which is a local fisherman right. so tell me about what dishes specifically or when you get something in that really excites you what is that and what are your favorite dishes that you have Ooh. Mm, my 
and I'm going to ask you to make it when child. I come in. I know, I know. But there has to be things that, you Your know, yeah. arrive that you're like, oh, I like wow, Johnny, this but is, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, it's for me, the thing that um, does that for me is kind of whenever we get in a new species. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, you know, squirrel fish. Yeah. How do we make squirrel fish amazing? And what is squirrel? Wait, fish? I didn't know there was a squirrel fish. There are squirrels in the ocean. saucers. What yeah. the hell does that look like? Oh my god! I'm gonna Google that right now. <laughs> it, it looks like a flying squirrel. No, it, it doesn't. It's, does it's it? Its head looks like a flying squirrel. Okay, I'm googling. And so that's why it's called squirrel fish. Keep going. Really? Uh huh. That's awesome. Um, but you know, so whenever we get in new species, so we'll we'll go with squirrel fish. So it's. You know, looking at squirrel fish, um, breaking a squirrel fish down, trying it in a few different preparations. Is that um, it? Mm-hmm. That is? Yeah. So we're looking at Google right old, now since we're on the eyes. <laughs> wow. Um, That's cool. Learn something new every Yeah. Day. And then it's, yeah. you know, so once we figure out our technique on preparing the fish, whether it's raw or um, smoked or poached or grilled... Um, then what's, what's the set, what works with that flavor? And, um, so that's what, you know, I just love it's, it's this constant discovery. Um, and there's just so much stuff in our waters that you can discover and it's all bycatch. Right. For the most part, it's, Mm -hmm. it's all, you know, there's a predominant fishery and then, you know, what's, what we're really stoked about is all the stuff that you catch um, that, you know, is that other stuff, um, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. we can explore. Cool. And what I will say for those out there that aren't too much into seafood, your land dishes are exceptional. Oh my God, that chicken <laughs> will make your tongue slap this your brains out. Favorite, oh my God. Yeah. One of my favorite Trinity memories, the first time we, we went to Chubby Fish and we went with kind of a, a Rhapsody group. Uh-huh. And Trinity walks in the door and, and is, is chatting with the hostess and makes a beeline to the, the bar to place an order for the steak because you had one left. And it was like we were, we were mid-sentence, mid-conversation, and all of a sudden Trinity's yeah, gone. Yeah, Yo-Yo was like, yeah, yeah. there's only one steak <laughs> left, only and Trinity steak was left. gone. I said, it's mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like that. The steak, it was one of the best steaks I ever had in my life. The lamb the is lamb unreal. Oh, my God. And then uh, the whole chicken. It, it's just, there's something for everyone, yeah. which is what I really love. Because you keep about, what, one or two Yeah, I, I, I do. I try to do three, three, sometimes four oh, nice. uh, land dishes on the menu. Um, sometimes they'll have a seafood element in there. Like yeah. Right now, right now, we're doing a bone marrow. Uh, with tempura rock shrimp. Um, oh, God. Love it. Uh, <laughs> yes, please. So there's, I'm there's sorry, we're going to have to hold yeah. here, guys. Bye. We're going to go. To- <laughs> just, yeah, we're gonna- so, so, James, what's next? What's, Ooh. What, what's, mm. what's next on the docket for you or Chubby Fish? What are you... Um, well, you know, I think um, there's a couple options that are in play right now. Um, you know, I would love to have a place nearby where people can, you know, grab a cocktail mm-hmm. uh, while they wait. Um, you know, cocktail, have a raw bar, crudos, mm. um, 
and you know we'll let them know when their table's ready they can come right down um either that's you know upstairs of chubby fish or um is this just an apartment down. upstairs yeah it's an airbnb oh okay cool so i mean that would that'd be perfect be my ideal scenario because then yeah. you're not building out a whole nother restaurant right mm-hmm. um but then you know at some point we'll do another restaurant um yeah. either either in charleston or somewhere uh close by um and whether it's a chubby fish or or something else, chubby something else. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah. We'll do we'll do something else. And I love it. No reservations at Chubby Fish. Mm-hmm. You just show up, get on the list with enthusiasm. With enthusiasm, yep. grab a cocktail, and because uh, again, in that in that sense, like you know, you're not waiting in a line. Yeah, you're you're literally in the center of the restaurant, having a cocktail right next to where they're cooking the food and watching it. So it's when you're waiting, it's not even a wait because you're a part of the experience, which I which I love. Yeah, yeah. And I think you have to show up for it with that mindset. Yeah. Of you know, there's no rush. Just you know, get there and kind of resign to the whole experience, mm-hmm. not just the great meal that you're about to have, but learning more about the food and learning more about the process. And like, you know, I, I, you said this before, I love the fact that, you know, you're really in it with the chefs um, and you feel that it's palatable, you know, so. I love it. Yeah. So where can people find Chubby Fish online at? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I never go to the website. Um, I believe it's either Chubby Fish Charleston. Yep. Or Chubby Fish CHS. But the best way to keep track of us, if you have Instagram. Totally. um, Chubby Fish Charleston. Yeah, it's chubbyfishcharleston.com. Okay. Yeah. And the restaurant's located at? At 252 Cumming Street, uh, which is the corner of Cumming and Bogard Street in downtown Charleston. Great location. Love it there. We love it. So we always ask this question to all of our guests. If they only knew, what do you wish people knew about you? Is this about myself? It can be or about any. Fish? It can literally be anything. What mo- mainly about you? I mean, I want to. I want to know about you, but yeah. <laughs> well, I was a, uh, I was a drummer in my past life, right? And okay. um, so, you know, I feel like that incorporates into Chubby Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, via our playlist. Um, what kind of music were you into? I go bongo, bongo heavy. Bongo, bongo heavy. Bongo <laughs> heavy. <laughs> I knew I liked you. That's right. That's a Spotify I like playlist some right there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the bongos like just, you know, it kind of like perks me up and you get know, you going. It's, like, it's my shot of espresso. I love wow. it. That um, is so cool. Now, um, are there any recordings of you playing the bongos? Uh, there are. Um, okay, we're gonna have to get that. exciting. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I got. I mean, I yeah, I got bongo recordings going back to fifth grade. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it was a long period of time in your life. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. That's a pretty cool one. Yeah, I mean, that was that was gonna be my my thing, and then you know, it got to the point when I was in college where you know I was line cooking at night, mm-hmm. and then at nine thirty I'd have to dip out and go to my gig. Wow. And uh, so nobody was cleaning my, or everyone else had to clean my station. Mm -hmm. And then my bandmates would set up my drum kit and I would go up there and play drums. And so it got to the point where my chef set me down and he said, 
you're going to be a drummer, you're going to be a chef. And um, ah. so I came back the next day and said, I'm going to be a chef and never really looked back. Wow. That is a cool story. Awesome. Well, James, it's awesome to have you here. We'll see you at Chubby Fish for sure. Thank y'all so much for having me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You're awesome. Absolutely. James is an awesome guy. I am so happy that we had him on here. And I'm so hungry. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. <laughs> every so dish. Hungry. Every dish. I want all of it. Let's go yeah. this week. Yeah. Yes. For sure. So if you're coming to Charleston, check out Chubby Fish. Definitely top of the list. Not to be missed. Yeah. Like, actually the top of the list. Like, that's where you should take your first stop is Chubby Fish. That's right. It's what we tell everyone. Right yeah. off the airplane. And we have some really great guests coming up on the show. Gavin Shannon from Shannon Wines will yes. be here. A whole host and of I people. And I think they're doing a... a Thing together, yeah, at the wine and food. Here. Yes, James and Shannon. I think are it's doing sold out. Event together, yeah, at Charleston Wine and Food. Yes, It'd be super exciting. So look, we'll be back here at two weeks on Rhapsody Radio. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. <laughs>